Let's start from the beginning. I went to play at Q for Disnotech in Shoreditch. Then on that weekend that I was away, I went to my fellow buddy and good friend from the industry out of Baltimore, Maryland. Sorry about that. Out of Baltimore, Maryland, DJ Spen and his 10-year anniversary at Ministry of Sound. And I got to see Kenny Carpenter, Booker T, Ricky Morrison, Paris Savette, Neil Pierce, Bobby Lavenier from Bobby and Steve. Of course, our hearts always, he's going to be on this show in November. DJ Romaine after so long and so many people was like a, a moment of networking beyond networking. Incredible moment. Incredible time at ministry. Barbara Tucker and Crystal Waters come walking in. I'm outside and I hear Lenny Fontana. I was like, oh, my people from America are here. I mean, it was the kind of like that 19, early 90s feeling of hanging out and running into all your friends. So that was that. And then I was blessed to be invited to this. Let's see if you can all see this. I got invited, let me show you one last thing, to Mercury Awards in London at the Apollo. How awesome is that? I get invited, you know, this is those Forrest Gump moments. I got to sit in the crowd amongst all the industry peers, and it's more of independent artists that are major labels and stuff, and they're not, you know, your top 10 artists. They are the next pieces of the pyramid that are coming up, you know? And to be able to see a production show sitting at that level, like being at a Grammys or any of that, and, and actually visualizing and listening to everybody playing was pretty, pretty surreal, pretty cool. And I know, I think it was Little Sims one that night. And I said to, I was with my publishers, Bucks Publishing in the UK, and I said, I want to remix this artist. And I'll leave that to you guys, what you would think I would mix. <laughs> one of the artists is English white girl. She was fierce. R&B song. I was like, wow, incredible, incredible. But feels good to be back in New York. So that was Tuesday night. We talk about the whirlwind of how my week went, 11, 12, whatever, 13 days. And then fly Wednesday morning after being out all night Tuesday. Wednesday early morning, catch a flight. Thanks to my friend Sarah. It's DJ Sarah Rundell racing me to Gatwick Airport because to try getting a train at four o'clock in the morning ain't gonna happen. So I gotta get, I gotta be there at five o'clock to get those wonderful easy jet flights. Everybody knows that flew easy jet, it's like flying spirit. It's a no frills airline, so you gotta get there because if you don't get there, <laughs> you lose your seat, you're buying another ticket. It's not like they're gonna, they're gonna bump you to another uh, plane. Ain't that is not possible. So we go, and then I touch down. I meet my partner, Manuel, and Mike LaFunk, and everybody. And as soon as I get there in Amsterdam, it's like I see loads of people in the industry, loads of loads of Americans, loads of Europeans, loads of UK people. So here's my take on it. 
after being with COVID and in the pandemic and then coming back and seeing everyone, it was so refreshing and so wonderful. It was like, hey, we're all still standing after the fallout. We made it through. We're on the other side. Not to say that, you know, that this thing is over, but just to have a reprieve and know, hey, we can be alive and still do this. And the clubs were busy. The people were so happy. The streets were crazy. It felt like any other day that when nothing ever happened before with the COVID, you know? Meetings and stuff. Got to see Beatport. I ran into Simon Dunmore. We had a big hug. I congratulated him on his semi-retirement because he's not really retired. <laughs> he's still staying on, but he's no longer going to be running the helm like he was at Defected. So, you know, that was super cool. I mean, I saw so many people. And of course, whatever I didn't see, I saw on social media. So it was spread out because people were at different places in the city, but the love was strong. House music is breathing better than ever. Soulful house, disco house, and Afro house, all right there. I heard all that music being played. Classic house. It was house and disco all night long, baby. All night long. What's up, Dubs of D? DJ Vibe Entertainment, the Purple DJ. Welcome to the show. We're going today with a special show. I want to give everybody a chance to jump in and explain. And, you know, and from there, I'll tell you really what was amazing. After doing the two nights, Wednesday and Thursday, I flew Friday to Berlin to play at Paloma. Holy smoke. Sarah Rundell, what's up? I was just talking about you. I don't know if you heard it, about how you sped drove me to the, to the, um, to the train, uh, to the plane. God bless you. My good friend, I went to play at Paloma in Berlin. I played an eight-hour set. Eight hours. House disco. I took these people, and it was a young crowd on a journey. It was packed. It was sweaty. It felt good. Oh, my God. I was after eight hours. I still could have kept going. I could have kept going till now. That crowd let me have it. I'm going to tell you, man. They asked me this question. When was the last time I played eight hours? I said to them, when was the last time I played four hours? No less, maybe three. Most clubs want me in for one, two hours. And it's like, whoa, two hours. That's a big night. When I said eight hours to people, they were like, can you handle that? I'm like, really now? That was normal. You opened the club. They had me open to close. Paloma gets my award for it. super cool spot. Now, and if you know Berlin, if you haven't been there or you haven't been there, Berlin's more techno like Bergheim. That style of club plays a very techno electronic sound. So Paloma, when I got, when I was able to put the first record on and saw the reaction, I think I even started with low BPM, like real slow and worked my way up. By the time I played 
Arnold Jones, that classic by Yvonne Turner and Tommy Musto, Yvonne, um, what was it? Arnold Jarvis takes some time out. Holy smoke. Oh my God. Out, out of control. That place let me have. I could go, I could do this all the time. I can do that marathon set with no issues. So enough of that. And I want to thank everyone for sending me all their music, of course. And, you know, we're back in strong. I've been away for a little bit. It's hard to do the show when I'm on tour and moving around, but I'm here. We're not going nowhere. In fact, we're going to have some really big news coming up real soon. So stay tuned. Welcome to True House Stories. I'm Lenny Fontana coming out of New York City. You know, I was blessed in the beginning of this year to get a call from a fellow DJ who himself is a giant in this game, Andy Ward. And he asked me about what I want to play again at Vocal Booth Weekend after being so long away. How would I feel about it? And I was well up for the challenge. I was like, yes, put me down, sign me up. And he says, well, I'm thinking about having Victor Simonelli too and Eric Copper and Maurice. And I really want to do something special, kind of like the welcome back. They did it last year. They did it last year, but they wanted to do something special this year because this is the year where it's going to be a lot easier to fly. Restrictions were up. And the year previous, back in 21, for me to even think about going to Spain to play, I would have had to sit in a hotel for 14 days, then come out of isolation, like being in prison, then be rechecked. And I said, forget that. So, you know, as you've all seen since January of this year, I've been nonstop traveling, going and going. I'm not stopping. I'm not going to ever stop. I'm going to keep on rocking. Anyway. So Andy said, you know, I have this idea. Let me, let me, let me work this all out. And then it developed. And then he asked me, would I consider doing a discussion panel? I said, yeah, why not? I love doing discussion panels. I've done some at ADE in the past for a thousand people in the room. But this is going to be the first time where I've actually brought brought my brand, True House Stories, to a live audience, sitting in front of us, of course, and having some of these wonderful participants. Now, if you watched the show in the past, you've seen each one. The only one I haven't had on here yet was Sunlight Square, um, Claudio Pasavanti, very talented keyboard player, musician, has his band, and does a lot for different uh, companies and stuff. So he was the fourth addition to the discussion panel. So Andy came out with the idea of all this and said, you know, how would I feel? I said, that, you know, Andy, I think it's a great thing because I know the people that are coming are going to appreciate this wholeheartedly. And why the hell not? Why not? Let's give them something they can walk away from. So we had a pretty good amount of people that sat with us for about an hour and 25 minutes. Colin Williams, who is a fantastic DJ himself, photographer, was at the event throughout the whole few days shooting, 
And we were so blessed that he videoed this great uh, talk discussion. So without me saying anything more, this was in Alicante, Spain at the Vocal Booth Weekender. And you're going to see Victor Simonelli, Maurice Joshua, Eric Cupper, and Sunlight Square each talk about their lives in the music industry, bits and pieces. So for now, let me start the show and let's go to the live showcase that was happening in Alicante. I could have been at the Paradise Garage or something. I remember exactly what happened right then and there. 1991, I was there. I remember. Certain people I was around, Victor Simonelli, I was in studio sessions. When he played his record last night, I remember he was mixing that with Jim Bonsai Caruso. Oh, right. See what I mean? And I remember that. But meanwhile, Martin Wright comes up saying, do you remember me, mate? And I went, no. Yes, I do. I talk to you all the time. No, no, that's my rendition, no. But I just started laughing, and I was like, and then I'm embarrassed, because you start saying to yourself, I mean, are you getting old? Or is it just that the, the internet has been so overwhelming? Overwhelming to the fact that you're doing so much stuff, you sometimes start to think that half of it, did I actually see this? Do, did this really happen? You know, you just, it's continuous, continuous information over and over, day in, day out. Then trying to, as Victor calls it, the juggler. We are known for this. So we juggle, you know, we're juggling music, we're juggling family, we're juggling our health, we're juggling flights, we're juggling bills, aggravation, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So here, back to what I said about COVID. So COVID went like this, eh, put the brakes on, made us look at the whole picture. So back to what Karen said. So what are you going to do? Let's create a show, True House Stories. She says, I love it. But it's not house music, I said. The reason why I said house stories was because wherever you are on location, I can get you to speak through your camera and mine. Because everybody immediately assumed, oh, it's going to be another house music show. No. Because if I want Wolfgang Puck to talk, I'm calling Wolfgang Puck in L.A. and say, sit down in front of your computer, please, <laughs> and tell me, how did you find your first fork and knife? You know, what was that that brought that to you? What, what was the first meal or something? So through these stories... And through me having the time, and the best of it was, he was the best part of COVID. Everybody was available. <laughs> Carl Cox. Oh, yeah, Lenny. I'd love to do it. Great, really? Because normally try to get Carl Cox. You try to even ring him. Try ringing Danny Teneglia. 
try ringing. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on. I mean, Louis Vega. Even Louis said, yeah, I'll do it. And Louis very protective. If people know how he, how he rolls, he's very protective how he and who he sits with. So now I'm going to go back to Morales real quick. Those that remember David, there was a minute where the papers came out and said, Superstar international DJ from America arrested in Asia. So we go to True House Stories. I know David's ego, and I'm very careful with him on certain things. Know him 35 years, long time. So I know him since he's kind of like a kid. He just, God bless me, just turned 60. Happy birthday, late happy birthday, of course. And we get through all of him flexing his muscles, you know, how he explains himself. You know, he's, you know, he's very erect. And, and, and all the accomplishments we talk about, dream lover, Eric was involved in. Give it up for Eric because what you hear that piano and stuff, all those parts, Eric, as we say, Eric Cooper, rocking it for you. So David, I said to him, this is where it gets... Like, take a vice and go, ugh. So, David, here's the question I have to ask. What happened when you were arrested in, uh, in, J in Japan? David stops completely. I literally seen him go. <laughs> now I said to myself, one or two things is going to happen. Either he's going to go, Click, <laughs> click a clock and say, see ya. He took a deep breath and he says, if it was some 18 year old kid, I wouldn't answer this. But because it's you asking me, I'm compelled to have to deal with this right now. But I'm not gonna say anything. Another pause, pregnant pause. Everybody knows that pregnant pause, everyone? My wife's pregnant. <laughs> Oh, no, really? Oh, great. What do I say? Congratulations? Or it's like, and then all of a sudden, he starts telling the whole story. He forgets the camera's there. He's talking to his friend now. But here's the part. Thousands of people are watching. Danny said the same thing to me in Teneglia. He's very shy. He said, man, this is super cool. I don't even feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm just talking to you. It's this interview's going, I said, and that's the idea, you know? Same with Victor. Victorio Simonelli, I said, would you please come on the show? And what did he say? No. My, my pleasure. He said, of course. He said, and, and, and he, right here to my right, has such a huge part. Here we go. <laughs> David Rosner, who used to be a friend of ours at Quad. Razzle Dazzle, as we, Roz, may he rest in peace. When Roz was hired at Shakedown under Arthur Baker, because Victor worked for Arthur Baker. Everybody remember Arthur? Okay. So Victor comes from good, good place. When I mean really good, he's well trained. He was handling. Those years at the end, most of Arthur's finished mixes, most of the stuff. He was being told, I need this done, this done, editing, right? You would, and you want to explain? Let me have Victor explain this part. So, this is an interesting part. 
with Arthur Baker. Your days at Shakedown. Yeah, well, I got the job there as an intern. I mean, I was right out of school. Oh, yeah, you want me to sit? Sure. Let me put the cup down. I'll keep it short then. <laughs> yeah. I Thank you. Uh, yeah, just the short version. That's, I got a job for Arthur Baker when I got out of school. I went to Center for Media Arts. And I mean, he was it in the 80s. Um, everyone, I mean, he was mixing everything, but everyone here knows that. Um, so it was a dream job. And when I got there, I figured, you know, in my 17 or 18 year old mind, I was going to be in the studio that day. No, that wasn't the case. I got to the door and he, he, came, he was coming out. And he said, who are you? And I said, I'm the new intern. They called me to come in. And this was after six months of calling them to try to get my foot in the door job, you know? And uh, he said, you come with me. You're going to help me move house. So I was a, <laughs> so I was a moving man that day. <laughs> but, and that's where I met Eric. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It was, yes, yes, it was a meeting place. It was really the main studio in New York. Anyway, so I started as an intern there. I worked a couple of years as an intern, just running errands, cleaning up, this, that, and the other. My first session um, was uh, for Junior Vasquez. Um, yeah, it was, I, well, that was just as, as an assistant engineer. You know? But anyway, I, you know, it was, it was in a real session. So, And there were so many clients coming through there. So eventually, I got up to doing editing for him because I, I kept telling him, you know, I, I like to edit. And back then, it was editing tape. So, you know, he'd mix down the tape. And then he'd give me the tapes. He'd give me about 20 reels or whatever it was. And he'd say, Vic, I need one version from all these takes. And so I'd have to listen to all the versions and then put a version together. So he liked what I did. The first one I did was Will Downing. And then he just, he was getting all major label artists. Besides his label, Criminal, he had Criminal and Minimal. And you remember, you go, you guys were both oh, remember yeah. that, yeah. So, um, yeah, he brought in, uh, it was Quincy Jones, Ray Charles, Shaka Khan, uh, Talking Heads, David Bowie, Blondie. I mean, just one after another kept coming through, and he just kept gave me project after project. And, you know, I'm eight, eight, 19, whatever it was. So it was just, wow. What... And it wasn't what I was going for. I just wanted to be involved in the independent stuff, but it was definitely a great training ground, and I'm grateful to have done it. And, um, you know, looking back now, I still use the skills that I learned there. So, I mean, I don't, there's no up and coming people here. We're all about the same generation, right? But any youngsters that ask me for advice, I always tell them, um, whatever you need to do to get your foot in the door and watching and learning, <clears throat> very helpful. But I know none of us need that advice, but <laughs> we've already, you know, we've already done it. Anyway, I hope I answered your question. He forgot to mention one thing. He did a great thing. He's a professional mopper <laughs> and sweeper. Because when you started in New York, you didn't touch a tape. You didn't touch a grease pen. You touched nothing. Let me show you what you're going to be touching. You see the make of the wee-wee on the floor? Clean it up. In fact, let me add to that, what you said about juggling before. So he and I joke about it. You know, and we say if we weren't spinning and producing, we, had, we have the know-how from doing it over the years of doing, being a janitor, a travel agent, an accountant, a lawyer. <laughs> And when you're having marital problems, call Lenny because he's your priest too. So before I let Eric speak, because we have a time constraint, I want to talk about Claudio Sunsquit Live, which I'm a big fan of his. And I don't know if he knows that, but I'm going to let him know now. I love what he does. 
like me, he's on YouTube. He does a lot of infomercial stuff and he's got his band and everything. But I'm going to tell you, technically, this boy is, a, this man's incredible. Grazie mille. I mean, but I'm going to let him speak in a minute. But let me say this. He pulls out choice equipment from a by era that is gone. Stuff from the late 60s. I've seen him with the Super JX keyboard, stuff from the 70s, stuff that's very rare. And he's giving tutorials and doing the whole thing. Is that Arthur? <laughs> this is the phone call from at the studio. Ready? Let me hear the mix. Let me hear the mix. Put the phone. After he hears the mix, Vic, more clap. <laughs> I need more clap. Victor, where's Arthur right now? He's out in the Hamptons relaxing with John Robbie. <laughs> nice. Anyway, back to Claudio. So Sun Square Live, he's been doing so much stuff. He's got his band, and he's putting up so much content and doing really great stuff, inclusive. When I hear, hear him play the music part, he gets very close to the original sounds of the band. So I like Claudio to speak, of course. I haven't had him on True House Stories. I will get him soon, but since he's here, we, we, we had to grab him. Whoa, whoa, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, number one, I want to say this. We have to pay enormous respect. I'm gonna move here because this is feedback. I'm in front of the speaker. We're sound engineers, we know what we're talking about. Sorry for being in front. All right, cool. So one big thing, we wouldn't be having this talk and this amazing time if it wasn't for one man, that's Andy Ward. And let's give it a big clap to him. And, and uh, you, you, you oh, maybe you can stand there. Okay, cool. Okay, cool, 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 cool. We got it, we got it. And um, so, and um, so, of course, I do not have much time, unfortunately, because I have a cab going. But um, um, I, I want to try uh, first and say, um, I, I make a big thing out of giving as much value as I possibly can whenever I speak, whenever I make a video. And um, so, firstly, I can't even begin to tell you what, honor it is for me to be standing uh, uh, amongst you guys. I'm going to just turn my head. Um, among these amazing legends, this, this, these are the people who I look up to, right? They're only a little bit older than me, not too much. <laughs> but I have been uh, listening, studying, and in some occasion also sharing <laughs> stories with for, for, for quite a long time. So Again, give it up for, for these three legends that we have here. Thank you so much. So I'm going to try and give you like the, okay, I'll try to make it in three minutes about who I am and what I do. My name is Claudio. I was born in Italy and I've lived in, uh, I've, uh, I've started um, uh, playing piano very early. I was just obsessed with it. My brother had a Bontempi organ. He didn't use it, I would. And then subsequently I started studying uh, classical piano when I was nine. 
And uh, when I was 16, my piano teacher said, I know that you like computers and you dabble with, uh, with electronic instruments. Would you please program drums for me? I've got this session at the studio. I don't know how to do it. And I said, yeah, sure. The day after I had a job in the music industry and 18 was full time. So I, I and you know, we're talking about tape and SM, SMTP code and that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, so I, I had the luxury of learning uh, the ropes at a very early stage. When I was 20, got to the United States and got my degree in orchestra because I was really interested in arrangements. And, um, and I was lucky enough to meet up with uh, John Pariducci and Dave Weckl from uh, uh, Chikoria's band. Uh, they were very cool and they were very enthusiastic about this young 20-year-old Italian. They agreed to play with me and I recorded my first album at Chikoria's studio in 1993. So, and I subsequently had a record deal with Sony Italy. Went back to Italy, not the best choice, but I went back to Italy and uh, I mean, yeah, the record was released, but you know, I mean, it, was a, it wasn't a very good record to be honest with you. I mean, listening back to it, I mean, it was interesting, it was cool, but, um, but it turns out that I would have more success as a session player for pop music than as a jazz artist. And I took that. And, uh, and that taught me a lot uh, because it's, you know, it's, um, I, I kind of developed how to listen before playing, right? Because maybe I would play this amazing jazz fast licks on pop music and the MD would kick my ass, rightfully so, because I wasn't listening to the lyrics, you know? It's like, can you, can you please listen to what the singer is playing, is saying? Can you please comp it? Thank you. Can you please play it on time? I would like you to split the click in four, please. Thank you. So that, that was really important for me uh, growing up. And then, you know, I was making good money. And, you know, I've, I've, I've played with everyone in the pop music industry in Italy, from, you know, playing orchestra for Andrea Bocelli to uh, many Italian names that you will not know. So I won't, I won't mention that. But, you know, occasionally also you know, um, uh, Brian Adams would come to town and his keyboard player was ill, so I would tour with him for the Italian leg of the tour and things like that. And I was producing, I did the Sanremo Festival, which is a big deal in Italy, um, as a producer, as an artist. Uh, one time I even got awards and stuff. And I was making good money, but I didn't like the music, so I said, why don't we switch things around a little bit here? And uh, so I moved to London. Uh, because uh, that was the closest thing to America uh, without having to pretty much say goodbye to my family, right? That was two minutes, more than three minutes already. I'm almost finished. <laughs> and then I went to London and started building my own thing. I uh, built this uh, website called Dr. Mix and, um, and uh, offering mixing and mastering services. And then I was doing this project that's called Sunlight Square, which I gave a name when I didn't know how to give names so I'm stuck with it. <laughs> Dr. Mix is a much better name, in fact. <laughs> so, um, so with Dr. Mix uh, service, it was great. You know, I, I just had a different hat for my professional work, rather than Sunlight Square, the artistic work, which you know, was working fine. You know, I, I got into the DJ world. You know, I was a snob before. I discounted DJs until I met... Please search Jazz for Peterson. part two of this podcast on the platform you're watching or listening to. And please do not forget to follow us.